0: Hey everyone, I'm Georgia Howe with The Daily Wire. Welcome back to Office Hours. As you can see, we did some renovations, so let me know what you think in the comments. So, over the past couple of months, President Joe Biden has been in a heated battle with Republicans and some members of his own party to pass a $3.5 trillion social spending bill. To put it in perspective, the price tag for that bill is more than all veterans' benefits from the years 1962 to 2020 combined which was about $2.9 trillion. So with a price tag like that, it's important to ask how we're gonna pay for it, and more importantly, who will pay for it, keeping in mind that the U.S. national debt at this point is about $28 trillion and climbing. What are the potential consequences of piling on more debt? Here to help us answer these questions, we're talking to advisor to former President Trump, distinguished visiting fellow at FreedomWorks, and recent PragerU presenter, Steve Moore. Let's jump right in. Steve, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Georgia, thanks for having me.
0: So Steve, first question for you. President Biden's $3.5 trillion plan is only the most recent massive spending plan we've seen, but obviously he's not the first spendy president we've had. How did we get here and what were the main contributors?
1: Well, this was part of what I talk about in my PragerU U. Video, which I hope people will go to, it's called "The Bankrupting of America." And you're quite right; this is a bipartisan problem. It's happened, you know, for the last thirty-five years or so, where we continue to just add more and more debt, uh, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat administration. Except what's being proposed here is so audacious, so massively fiscally irresponsible uh, that I've never seen anything like it. We're talking about our debt, which is now at about 100% of our GDP. Over the next 30 years, if this bill were to pass, our debt would be three times our GDP. The average child born today uh, in, by the year 2050, which is only 30 years from now, would, would have a, a, over $350,000 share of the national debt. And th- that's taxes they'll have to pay, not for government services, but just to pay for all of the massive borrowing we've been doing, uh, mostly under this bill with what happened last year, you know, we had a COVID crisis, obviously, the economy had been booming, uh, thanks to the policies of deregulating the economy and lowering tax rates and putting America first in terms of our um, energy policies and so on. And, and then we got hit with COVID. And this was, you know, hopefully a once and a half century uh, kind of event. And so we, you know, massively borrowed to keep the economy moving. But the good news is right now, the COVID crisis is mostly over. We might have another few waves of this, but the the worst part of it is over. So we're in a recovery stage. So normally what would happen in a recovery stage is we would actually start paying down some of the debt that we accumulated during the crisis. This is the first time in American history that we have a president who's proposing a massive multi-trillion dollar budget blowout in a recovery there's no economic rationale for this whatsoever. It's all about income redistribution. Uh, You called it a social welfare uh, bill. I call it Govzilla. It's just this massive increase in government and its role in our lives. And I'm not uh, one who's usually subject to exaggeration, but I believe this is the most dangerous bill with respect to our economy that I've seen in the 40 years or so that I've been in this business. And uh, almost every idea in this 2,500-page bill will harm our economy, will harm our small businesses, will reduce U.S. competitiveness, and, as you said, put us massively into debt.
0: Well, in your video, you talked about what you called the debt bomb. So, what would that look like? You know, when that de- when that bill comes due.
1: <laughs> when it detonates, <laughs> well, I think that, you know, the several things we have to worry about. Do we want to be owing trillions of dollars to China and the Arabs and the Russians and other countries that are not necessarily friendly to the United States? The answer obviously is no, we don't want to have them owning a big part of our country. Uh, second of all, as I mentioned, you know, the the debt already is scheduled to even without this bill is scheduled to rise very dramatically. So this makes a, a bad problem even worse. And then the big problem right now, as you know, with the economy is the inflation rate, you know, people are paying higher gasoline prices, they're paying more for everything for apartments, for food, for, uh, you know, energy. And the I can guarantee you this, that if we pass another massive debt bill, the inflation problem is going to get much much, much worse because you're going to have all this new money creation uh, at the same, you know, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. So this is going to mean, I think we could have a return of the 1970s style inflation, which just kills people who are living on fixed incomes or people who are of low income who really live paycheck to paycheck. Inflation shrinks the size of that paycheck and and creates a, a lower living standard for everyone.
0: Now, does debt necessarily cause inflation or is it the printing of extra money to pay for that debt? What what causes the inflation?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. And, And I believe that it's essentially what the federal government is doing right now is you've got Congress spending these trillions and trillions of dollars we don't have. And then the Treasury Department issues debt to borrow so that we can pay for that spending. And then what's happening is the Federal Reserve Board then Is buying up that debt, right? They're they're the number one purchaser of the debt. So then you scratch yourself, well, wait wait a minute, where does the Federal Reserve Board get the money to buy the debt? And you know, the the answer is, uh, you know, self-evident that the Fed gets the money by printing it, by printing it. So this is called monetizing debt. That's, you know, what uh, third world countries do. That's what Bolivia and Argentina and Venezuela do. We don't want to be doing that. And so, that money creation causes the the value of dollars that you have in your bank account and your wallet uh, to shrink. and And that's how you get hyperinflation
0: now, when was the last time this country was actually financially solvent? And then from there, how did we kind of get in the pickle that we're in? what are where is most of this spending coming from?
1: Well, it's I think it really dates back to the great society programs, all the massive welfare programs that were created under LBJ and continue to expand and span, expand. So, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, the the, the so-called war on poverty, which costs $6 trillion, but the old saying is that we fought a war on poverty and poverty won. And so, um, you know, one of the things we did productively Back in 1996, when Bill Clinton was president, a Democrat, was we passed welfare reform that said, "Hey, if we're going to give you benefits, when you're, you know, we all believe in a social safety net, right? We're a rich country; we can afford a social safety net, but we don't want it to be just handouts over and over and over again. We want people, we want it to be a hand up to people, not a handout. And so we put in work requirements, time limits. You had to get educated. You had to get trained." And that worked really well. We cut our welfare caseloads in half, but now uh, we're eviscerating all those welfare reforms. So Biden is proposing trillions and trillions of spending. Everything's gonna be free, right? You've heard him say this, it's gonna be free. You're gonna get free childcare and you're gonna get free pre-kindergarten. You're gonna get free food through expanded food stamps and you're gonna get free rental assistance. And if you can't pay your student loan, the government's gonna pay that off for you. All of these things are discouraging people from uh, working. And you know, if you have more people on welfare, welfare and less people working, then obviously you're going to have a deficit problem because you have fewer pay- people paying taxes and more people collecting benefits. So you have to solve this problem in two ways. Number one, we need to rein in the government spending, which is growing much faster than the economy. And number two, we have to grow the economy faster. We have to have more people working. We have to have businesses that move their facilities here. So they're paying taxes here in the United States, not abroad. So those are the challenges that we face. And I got to tell you, the Biden bill is a catastrophe because it, it actually gets rid of all the work requirements for welfare. It expands the welfare state beyond anything we ever imagined. And I think that would could, would be extremely Um, destructive. As, you know, Ronald Reagan used to say, a government that's big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take everything you've got. And so that's the kind of road that we're traveling down now.
0: Now, um, divided amongst all the taxpayers, I've seen some calculations that say that this plan would cost each individual $27,000. How would that burden actually be distributed? What's the plan for that?
1: By the way, the number, you know, that number is just for the one bill that you're talking about. But remember, we also have a, see, people get confused because it is confusing. So remember, when Biden first came in, he he passed a $2.8 trillion, uh, what I call the blue state bailout. It was a bailout for all the blue states that had shut down their economy. And then we they passed a $1 trillion so-called infrastructure bill, which is really a Green New Deal bill. And then... Uh, Biden proposed this three and a half trillion dollar, uh, you know, social welfare bill that you were talking about, and then we have to pass a six trillion dollar debt. I mean, a normal budget of six. So if you add all that up, you're talking about ten trillion dollars of spending. That's not twenty-seven thousand dollars per household. That for per family, that's like a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, these numbers are so gigantic; they're really frightening. I mean, the average income in the United States is only seventy thousand. So you know, in some ways we'd be spending more than
0: the income that families have. Do you think there's cultural reasons why we got kind of into this situation? So, I mean, is this purely a financial problem or do you sense that there's a sort of an underlying cultural problem that's caused us to get to the point we're at?
1: I think we live in a society, uh, and, and I hope I'm wrong about this, but I see it evolving so that everyone feels they're entitled to everyone else's money right, you know, sack it to the rich, this guy's too rich, take the money away from him and give it to somebody else. That's a radical redistribution Marxist idea. And it's taken hold in our cultural institutions. It's our universities, uh, our religious institutions, our schools, um, you know, so our Hollywood, all of our cultural institutions have turned sharply to the left and they preach this idea that uh, the way you get rich is by taking from somebody else. You know, that's the magic of the free enterprise system. You know, I only can get rich under the free enterprise system by giving you something that you want. Right? And uh, under the government, it's all done essentially at the point of the gun. The government you know, basically takes money from you and gives it to other people. And, and that's just a, a redistribution game. It doesn't make people wealthier. I really worry that we what we're doing with bills like the ones that Joe Biden wants to pass is killing the goose that lays the golden eggs, which is how did, where did the wealth come from in the first place? It came from the free enterprise system.
0: All right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about this today. So for people who are watching at home, where can they find you?
1: People can reach me through uh, either the Committee to Unleash Prosperity or through Freedom FreedomWorks. Uh, we are dedicated to uh, the free enterprise system and freedom and liberty. And boy, we need more of that in America today.
0: All right, Steve, thanks again. Well, that's the end of today's Office Hours. We'll see you next week. Again, I'm Georgia Howe. Thanks for tuning in.